0: Welcome to How Do You Feel? Today we have Jamie Henkin joining us to talk about the impact of COVID-19 and the impacts of social media as a young parent. If you are someone that struggles with mental health, this podcast is not a substitution for professional advice. This avenue is for sharing stories, and we encourage everyone to seek help from professional resources when needed. Again, How Do You Feel is all about creating a space for people to feel welcome, to share their stories, and it has been such a gift to sit down and share and listen to other people's stories. I hope you all are enjoying it as well. This platform allows us to share how we feel. Our stories, experiences, joys, or battles, listening to other people like Jamie or Chris or Ellie can help us all feel less alone and make a new norm for us to be acknowledging our journeys without shame. Jamie Hennekins is currently a full-time mother, student, and coach. She grew up in Clinton, Iowa, but went to school in Fulton, Illinois, where she graduated high school in 2015. Since then, she's graduated with an associate's degree in science in 2019 and gave birth to her daughter, Harper. She is now attending St. Ambrose University to earn her bachelor's in digital filmmaking and production. Alongside going to school and being a mother, she spends time coaching at Iowa Select Volleyball Club here in
1: Davenport. I went to school. It was kind of confusing. I went to school, lived in Clinton but went to school in Fulton. Oh. My parents were split up, so we just used my mom's address and stuff to go to Clinton yeah. to go to Fulton. And I then went to college in Clinton at Clinton Community College, got my 2-year degree, and then got pregnant, had my daughter, and took a few years off of school and just started working. Mm-hmm. And then I met my my current boyfriend, um And he convinced me to come out here to Davenport and go to school, go back to school and do what I want to do. And so now I'm a mom going to school and yeah, pretty much it.
0: What did it kind of look like for you when mental health started like playing an impact into your life? Like, what did that look like?
1: Um, Well, growing up, I had a pretty good childhood, even though my parents divorced at a young age. I always remember them being, like, happy or relieved that they got divorced Mm -hmm. because they always fought. And I never really struggled with mental health growing up. I was always pretty happy and, um, like, let things roll off my shoulder, like, pretty easy. I would always bounce back pretty quickly. Even throughout high school, I was that way. Um, Sometimes I would, like, look back and see, like, And think, I don't understand how someone could be depressed or like that. I I just didn't understand because I never experienced it.
0: Well, yeah, and it's easy to be, like, ignorant, you know, when you're just, like, when you are in a position where things come easy. Like, even sometimes I look back on, like, my past experiences and I'm like, why can't I just get over that? You know, like, why can't I just like (laughs) deal with it? Like, I mean, I had
1: compassion for people that did because, um, my sister really struggled with Mm -hmm. depression when she was, she's, she's younger, um, four years younger than me. And, uh, when she was going through high school, she pretty, she struggled with that pretty, pretty bad. So I had compassion. I just didn't understand like why or like how, and, um, it never started for me until after um, my relationship with um, my daughter's father. Mm-hmm. He, We were together for four years, started my senior year in high school, and the first year was great. Like, nothing really went wrong. Yeah. Um, no signs of, like, abuse or anything. And then when I graduated, he was still in high school, so he was younger than me. Oh, okay. And... That's when it kind of turned a uh, like mentally and that's when it was really mentally abusive.
0: Well, and you guys were like in, in a lot you were different. in different places. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, I was looking at colleges. He was like looking at partying with his friends yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah. I mean he was younger, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, he would put me down for anything, made me feel insecure about literally anything that yeah. I did. Nothing was good enough. He would tell me, like, the most awful things about my physical appearance and make fun of me that way. And he cheated on me several times, which also made me feel not good enough.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And then we were, like, on and off. Um, And then I got pregnant with my daughter at um, 20 years old. Mm -hmm.
0: And were you in school at this point or were you, like, just out of school?
1: I was in school. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was almost done with my associate's degree. Okay. I had, like, two semesters left, I think. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so I was, like, scrambling on. Yeah. (laughs) No, actually, I found out that I was pregnant um, on my graduation day. Oh,
0: no way. Yeah,
1: that morning. I remember I... Oh, my gosh, it was such I a crazy day
0: imagine did you I tell had, people right away or were you kind of like <laughs> keeping it to yourself
1: so I went to women's health center and with my boyfriend at the time mm-hmm. and I had a pretty good feeling I'm like I just know that I'm pregnant something's off I'm like something is so weird yeah. I just know so I got the test back and the doctor's like yep you're pregnant I was like no <laughs> and I was like how am I gonna tell my mom that was the first thing I was like my mom's going to be so disappointed.
0: Oh, really? Yes.
1: Yeah. I was like kind of happy inside. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have like a little kid. A little baby. <laughs> a little baby. Like it wasn't the worst. It's not like I was 16 and yeah. like pregnant or something. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do? But yeah. Um, yeah. The worst thing I thought in my head was, how am I going to tell my mom? Mm-hmm. and
0: and were you worried about like your relationship at that point like like because it was hard were you worried about how that was gonna like affect your relationship or did it seem like good
1: like at that point we had just gotten back together and mm-hmm. everything was really good like so it like, seemed yes. like he changed and I was like okay like maybe it'll be okay
0: so then you graduated graduated and then we're pregnant
1: hmm I was pregnant I had um one summer class left mm-hmm. but I ended up really sick throughout the pregnancy, so I didn't finish that class. I was just super unmotivated, and um, yeah, I didn't finish that class, so I didn't end up actually graduating, like getting my certificate and stuff, and um, yeah, I was just always so sick, and then I had my daughter, and that's when things started getting pretty... Actually, towards the end of my pregnancy is when our relationship started taking a turn again where he turned back to his old ways. That's when things like started getting a little bit more abusive. Um, He got, he would just like still put me down all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I had my daughter and he was still doing the same thing, always putting me down and degrading me, did not change. And then um, it did get physically abusive one night. And at that point I was like, I don't want my daughter growing up and yeah. seeing this every day. I don't want her to see her mom crying all the time. Mm-hmm. And
0: and how old was your daughter at this point?
1: She was a baby, a baby yeah. baby. Yeah. So she was like probably a couple of weeks old. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is not what I want my life to look like. Mm-hmm. People always told me like, he's not good. Like you guys should. Something's
0: th-. wrong. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, you know. Yeah, whatever. But you don't really know, like, you don't really realize it until you realize it yourself. Like, everyone can tell you all these things, but you have to realize it for yourself. I started realizing this is not the life I want for my daughter. Mm -hmm. Like, having my daughter really pushed me towards um, doing what's right and getting out of that situation, which I thank God for. Like, even though I had my daughter with someone less than ideal, (laughs) um, I'm still thankful for that experience because it allowed me to get out I think she's what I needed to get to get out of that relationship. yeah and then after we broke up I was um that's when I started seeing like a lot of anxiety popping Mm -hmm. through and I just so badly wanted to be in a good relationship after that I also was like doubting myself I didn't feel good enough I didn't feel good enough to go back to school and to Achieve my do dreams anything, and yeah. do anything. I was so unmotivated and so anxious <clears throat> after that that I just felt like I was less than worthy to go mm-hmm. leave Clinton and do something that I wanted. I felt like I had to work all the time
0: to yeah. provide
1: for my daughter. Um, so I was like living at home. I was living with my mom and just working all the time like just dead-end jobs you know and i was like making enough money but i just didn't feel i wanted to go to active school i just didn't feel good enough it wasn't until i met him Mm -hmm. that um i finally felt good enough and he's been so supportive he's been through like some pretty traumatic times with his previous girlfriend Mm -hmm. too like she put her she put him through the ringer so he had a lot of compassion for how I felt and yeah. why I was so anxious all the time and did not feel good enough. And was it
0: hard for you to like get into that relationship after experiencing like everything before? Like, was it hard for you to like actually commit to like being with him?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I had relationships in between, um, my daughter's father mm-hmm. and him and a current boyfriend. Yeah. I had a lot of like, just small relationships. None yeah. really pushed through that threshold of emotional like serious, yeah. connection. Like, um, So none of them are really important. But once I started feeling those strong feelings for Lucas, is my current boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, once I started feeling those strong feelings for him, I was like, okay, we're going to have to dive into the past. <laughs> like, yeah. He's going to ask some questions, and he did. He asked some questions on what happened in my past? Why am I feeling this way? He, Mm -hmm. he, he's going to want to know. So it took me a while to finally open up and tell him a lot of times I didn't know why I was feeling what I was feeling. Yeah. I would break down crying in the car or feel so anxious that I couldn't, I literally couldn't speak to him. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know why I had no idea why. So I had to like critically think like why am I dig down deep inside and what is triggering me to do this like what is the root cause of this and he helped me through he helped me navigate through that like he would ask some questions and he it was so different from Mm -hmm. before like he would ask questions but in a caring way they were like critical questions that nobody else has asked me before yeah but he would do it in a caring way in a non-judgmental way So um, I started finally opening up and talking to him and then that also led him to open up and talk about his past and we connected through a lot of that because we had a lot of similar Mm -hmm. um, past experiences that we shared together. So That's nice. Yeah.
0: And so as like, so how long have you been with Lucas?
1: I've been with him for almost two years now.
0: Oh, okay. And how long, how old is your daughter?
1: She's three now. Yeah.
0: So how has it been like kind of like growing in that relationship? And at the same time, like raising your daughter, like how has that like played a factor into like your mental health? Like I have not raised a child, but <laughs> I've raised a puppy yeah. and it's really hard. Like it sucks. So I can't imagine like raising a human. Like what is that like?
1: Um. Well, when I first, when Lucas start, first started coming over, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we started talking, and I was like, Well, I don't want to introduce you to her unless I know like it's going to be serious. You're yeah. going to be around for a long time. So, once it did hit that point, he started coming around, coming over to the house, and he was so awkward with kids. He, <laughs> I mean, he's never been around kids. His yeah. family doesn't have younger kids or anything. So, yeah. he was like a little bit awkward. And That's funny. I just kind of made sure he was like, it's okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> you'll get used to it. Uh-huh. So that was a little different because I've never experienced that before. Yeah. And um, then when he started getting more comfortable, it like, they bonded so well together. Ever That's since, so cool. like, she always asked about him. And, um, yeah, he's so helpful with um, helping me with her and watching her when I need mm-hmm. and, like, letting me do what I need to do and then, like, helping uh, with her that way. And, um, but at first it was a little hard w- for them to get used to each other. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, she was little. She just wanted to play with everyone. Mm-hmm. But he was like, how do I talk to her? Like- <laughs> <laughs> and what I'm like, I it's do? just, you just talk to her like a, a normal person. You know, yeah. She's just a person. That's so funny. And. For my mental health, that has been a little anxious at times. It made me a little anxious at times because I didn't know how he would feel in a certain situation Mm -hmm. because it was all new to him. It was all new to me. It was all new to Harper. But not like so incredibly anxious where like I would break down crying in the car or something. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like the tipping point. I would say the tipping point for me was um, after I broke up with... um, My daughter's father. That Mm -hmm. was like when I really went. Like I would cry all the time. And I was just like in a very toxic place in my life. I was uh, surrounding myself around like really toxic people like friend wise. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for happiness in all the wrong places. I could feel myself going in that wrong direction. But I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to stop it. Yeah. Um, I was like I wanted like. That deep emotional love so bad that I was looking wherever, wherever, and yeah. letting whoever walk all over me and do whatever. And then I met Lucas, and he was like, You're worth so much more than that. Like, you. Yeah can do all these amazing things and you are amazing. So let me show you that. And he did.
0: Were you worried about like how like school is a really stressful environment. Were you worried about how that was going to like affect you or were you just like excited to get back into it?
1: I mean, I still had those anxious worrying thoughts, just like what daycare because back in Clinton, I had this amazing daycare that was so stressful finding a good daycare that I trusted. Mm -hmm. So thinking about going through that again really stressed me out. And I think it stressed Harper out because she fed off like my energy and she is also going through this big change. She's moving houses. She's always lived in my mom's house before. So she is changing houses. She's changing daycare. She's Mm -hmm. changing schedules. Like everything's out of whack for her. Yeah. So that made me really anxious and really stressed out. And then figuring out all my classes, I had a little bit of trouble with financial aid and um, just the overall move. I've never moved I've always lived at my mom's for 20 plus years, 21 years. So I was like, so anxious and so scared.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think, didn't you mention to me at some point that like COVID and social media was like,
1: I'd started to like play a toll on you. Like what, what happened with that? I was living with my friend, my best friend at the time, Jaden and her family. And, um, I was Going through that time in my life where I was looking for happiness in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. I was always on social media. I was on every single social media. And I was posting things that made me look better than what I actually was. Yeah,
0: like trying to portray a different... Yeah. Like,
1: like have you ever seen... I, I had this friend who um, was in a pretty toxic relationship, mm-hmm. and but online they posted it yeah, yeah it seemed so perfect and so flawless they always posted that they were together they always posted that they were happy and everything mm-hmm. and I feel like people do that anyways yeah like just with their normal definitely s- selves like they post people are more post or uh, prone to post um happy things rather than like sad depressing things so I was looking at all my friends posting all these happy things and I was comparing myself I'm like oh my god I'm not in the right place not there yeah Yeah. I was so anxious and I was working three jobs this was when my daughter was a year old Mm -hmm. I remember my anxiety was getting so bad and depression was like creeping in too when I get really anxious I like hold tension in my arms oh really in my forearms like I would like just always fidget with my nails and my and I would always carry that tension like in my shoulders and my arms and one night it was Halloween night I was out with I didn't go out with friends because nobody had asked me to go Mm -hmm. and that kind of made me a little sad because I have friends but none that really went the extra mile for me you know
0: that's how I feel
1: So I went out by myself and met up with some people. I was like hoping that somebody was going to be out that Mm -hmm. I could like click with and talk with and hang out with. Because it's just awkward when you go out by yourself, you know? (laughs) Um, And I went out and there was some people. So I hung out with them. We were dancing, drinking, Mm -hmm. having a good time. And then after the bar closed, um, everyone was like kind of going with their groups. And I was like kind of like what do i do (laughs) so i kind of like included myself into this friend group Mm -hmm. and they we all went back to an apartment and hung out and played games and everyone was speaking to each other but nobody was speaking to me it's weird and it was weird i'm like i could tell that i did not belong yeah so i quickly sobered up and i left and um that kind of really set me off. I felt very alone, even mm-hmm. though I was living in my best friend's house. So I felt so alone. And I remember that night I got in the shower and I was so tense in my arms mm-hmm. and I was just crying and crying and crying. And I felt so alone. And I had my first suicidal thought come yeah. in my head. And before I had never experienced that, experienced it. I'd just never understood like how could someone feel like they couldn't go on anymore Mm -hmm. and then that happened to me and I'm like oh my gosh it popped in really quick and then I thought about how I would do it when I would do it and then I started thinking about what would happen after Mm
0: -hmm.
1: would people come to my funeral would they be sad would they yeah be genuinely sad and then I started thinking about my family and my daughter. And I'm like, I, I can't do it, mainly yeah. because my daughter. If I end my life, my daughter will then go to her dad.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: will have sole custody. And I thought about what would happen to her then. What would happen to her life? What would that look like? Yeah. Like, I only imagine bad things. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about, like, what my mom would go through. Thinking about if my daughter did that, like felt felt like she had to end her life, that would be so just losing her in general would yeah, be so, so awful, traumatic. So I'm like, OK, I can't do that. And then I thought about my sister and my dad mm-hmm. and all those scenarios. I'm like, OK, I can't do it. So then the next morning I went to bed, cried myself to sleep. The next morning I woke up and I could not move my arms really they were so tense and like everything hurt that's
0: so interesting
1: my hands hurt so bad and like my wrists and my forearms Mm -hmm. I remember I had to wrap them with um a co-band or something Mm -hmm. I had to wrap them and I called my mom I was laying on the couch I'm like mom you have to come take Harper because I I can't take care of her right now like Mm -hmm. my my arms, like, they hurt so bad. I can't do anything. I couldn't even hold my phone. Yeah. So I was just sitting on the couch crying. And, like, that was the lowest of lows I've ever been. Mm-hmm. I was so sad and, like, felt so alone. And my roommates would come into the living room and just walk by me. and Wouldn't say anything? Wouldn't say anything. I don't know if they so noticed weird. that I was crying. Yeah. Or if they just didn't want to get into it, mm-hmm. you know. That night, I kind of realized that. Social media could have been playing a part. I, I was just so fed up with social media that yeah. I deleted it. So I deleted every single social media, my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, my. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I deleted them all and never looked back. And um, yeah, that played a really huge part in like how I started getting better. I started like. Realizing that happiness isn't on this. Yeah. Happiness is spending time with my family and doing amazing things and, like, experiencing life with them. Yeah,
0: just living life, yeah. Yeah, and, like, my
1: family, they genuinely care about me. So spending time with them made me feel important. Mm -hmm. So I would, like, do a lot of fun things um, with Lucas. We started going out on, like, romantic getaways Mm -hmm. and... Harper started advancing really well for her age. And I was like, wow, like, I'm a pretty good mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at this. <laughs> and um, my family was doing a bunch of good things. And um, then that's when I started going to school, back to school. I moved cities, moved out on my own. I started going back to school and I was doing all these great things. I was loving life. I mm-hmm. was so happy. I didn't have, like, that distraction in front of my face. Yeah. Even though everybody else in the room was nose deep in their Mm -hmm. phone, I was just, like, enjoying being around them and, like, looking at everything so beautifully. And I realized, like, once you surround yourself with beautiful things, then you'll feel beautiful inside, too.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that.
1: It's so reassuring for me to, Mm -hmm. like, think – instead of thinking of everything as negative – like, before I was thinking of, I was just constantly going through, like, all worst case scenarios. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, that's what pretty much you see in yeah. 2020 on social media is yeah, all the bad real. things that are happening. Yeah. So, like, I was constantly surrounded by all this negativity that I felt negative inside. And then once I flipped it and started thinking of everything as beautiful and as, like, mm-hmm. so awesome to be around, then I felt like that inside. So I was doing all these great things in my life, and I was, like, so excited, so happy about them. And I had this one evil thought in my head. I'm, like, thinking in my head, I'm, like, I want to share this. Uh, like, I want people to know that I'm doing all these great things. Yeah. And so I convinced myself that I needed Facebook back for work. Because um, the job I had at the time, they, their group chat was on Facebook. But deep down, looking back, I think I selfishly wanted to share my life mm-hmm. to make my old toxic friends jealous.
0: Yeah. And also, like, you're like, man, I'm doing good. Like, people need to see this. Yeah,
1: That's exactly. Yeah. Looking back, that's the reason. So I was posting. After, the, after I downloaded Facebook, I only downloaded Facebook, not Instagram or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I was posting everything. After I would post things, it wouldn't just end after the post. It would end, like, it would go on to, well, how many people liked my posts? Like, Mm -hmm. are they liking it at a fast rate? Like, does this make me look good? like you
0: post it, and then, like, two minutes later, you're like, how many people have liked it so (laughs) far?
1: Literally two minutes, yeah. yeah. And I was always stressed about how it made me look to other people or, like, Mm -hmm. what other people thought. And I just kept feeding into it and going down that dark hole and... um. And at that point, COVID was like going crazy in yeah. full fledge and all these bad things were happening. Well, 2020 started off with Kobe dying and yeah. all these <laughs> yeah, horrible seriously. things just kept leading one after another. And literally so many bad things happened. And, and it was just all right there, all mm-hmm. right in front of my face. And that's all I was seeing all the time. And it got so bad for me. In my anxiety Mm -hmm. i couldn't even go to a grocery store without i would go sit in my car my daughter would be with me and i would think go through every single worst case scenario Mm -hmm. that would happen while i was at the grocery store yeah the main one that always popped in my head was what if there's a shooting what if someone comes in here with a gun trying to kill everyone where do i go what do i do That will get us out of here alive. Like I would play it in my head as if it were actually happening. Like
0: going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I would
1: do it even when, even not at the grocery store, everywhere I went, that was Mm -hmm. like the number one thought. I would, I would think of other bad things that might happen, but that was the number one thing. So I'm reading all these awful things and going insane, trying to plan for them. Like they're actually going to happen. And my anxiety just went crazy after that. And so I started looking deeper into why. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling the need to be prepared for every worst case scenario? Mm -hmm. And once I started looking deeper into like why, like what situation, what am I doing that is making me feel that way? And I saw that it was social media. Mm -hmm. Social media was the biggest part because I'm, Constantly looking at those bad things. I'm constantly reading those bad things. And it's not allowing me to experience life in a happy way.
0: Yeah.
1: So then I got rid of Facebook again. (laughs) And this time, so I couldn't trick myself, I just deleted the app, the Facebook app, and I kept the messenger so I could keep in contact with my work. Yeah. And that has been like the saving grace for me. It, It has been like a totally different me like I'm not breaking down crying before I go in the grocery store I'm not begging my boyfriend to go with me to mm-hmm. any place outside of my home because yeah. that's not a healthy solution no, definitely not. <laughs> like he has a life he owns his own business so I have to do something myself so I delete social media and I'm not constantly seeing those horrible things I'm surrounded by constant beauty with my my family and it has been like a life changer.
0: A huge thank you to Jamie for coming on to How Do You Feel? It's so inspiring to hear from someone who really took control of their mental health and someone who had to make conscious choices to hopefully make improvements in their personal life. A lesson I know I can definitely learn from and I'm sure we all can as well. Sharing stories like this can be super hard. So I am really grateful and just blessed that people like Jamie are willing to come and speak on some of their stories. And this is what How Do You Feel is all about, creating that space. Before we wrap up, you guys know I like to share a resource every day. And today I'm more inspired by Jamie's story to actually um, have a lack of resource. And that is that I'm just gonna suggest Putting away social media for even a day or even just a couple hours and getting out and just experiencing things. I thought it was so beautiful how Jamie was talking to us about how she just saw the beauty in life. Spending time with people that love us is way more than we can get from any social media app, I would assume. So today, my recommendation is just to get out and explore. Put down that phone for a little bit. Get out of that perfectionist social media world and see how it feels even just for a little bit to go without it. And as a reminder, I always have educational resources linked in the podcast notes. Thank you so much for listening to How Do You Feel? And keep checking back for episodes with our next guest, Maggie Olson. I would like to wrap up again with our closing statement that you are loved, your story is valid, and you are deserving of a healthy journey. Thank you for joining How Do You Feel?